everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Christian Eviston Puch, CEO and co-founder of Curated Culture a Singapore-based healthy beverage firm specializing in probiotic teas. We'll talk more about all of that shortly, but first of all, hello, Kristin. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Pearlie. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show today. It's really great to have you here, Kristin. And I think the first thing I should start off with is definitely to get more background from you on your work with curated culture, because you know, I understand you make cultured probiotic teas, but that you also specifically highlight you know, that these are not kombucha, so which is what a lot of us are a lot more familiar with. Along those lines, I was hoping you could elaborate on that in more detail for those of us who are not quite so familiar you know, with your products and how these differ from kombucha. Probably probiotic tea that we developed, the first of its kind, is that it's sugar-free, dairy-free, has live probiotics, mm-hmm. and retains the original flavor of the tea, which mm. means it's not sour or fizzy. The not kombucha part came because when we tell people probiotic tea, they haven't heard of it before, and they don't know where to place it, mm. and they ask, is this kombucha? And uh, that question kept coming. Then at some point we said, no, we are not. That, that, that helped customers understand where to place us. And also mm-hmm. if they were afraid of sour or fizzy taste, the, the technology was developed here at the National University of Singapore. What is unique is that it's a fermentation process which allows us to grow the probiotics in the tea without the final product having any dairy or sugar. From an, indus- from an industry perspective, um, you know, we are sugar-free, we are dairy-free, and our fermentation time is significantly faster than anything in the market. When it comes to things like product taste, then you 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 specified that you know these are not sour, these are not fizzy. So, so consumers should expect you know when trying the teas for this to be more of a refreshing profile. I think you mentioned. So, in terms of that, is it a very strong tea taste? Is it astringent? Is it um, just refreshing? Like how 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 do you differentiate between the different variants, essentially? Yes, yes, very good. I mean, I would say um, we describe it as light and refreshing with um, citrus, lime, lemon notes, mm. and uh, sometimes some people pick out lychee as well. What, what happens through the fermentation process, um, we highlight certain flavor notes, so we bring out some fruity floral flavor notes that are somehow inherent in the tea. Because we get different flavor notes with the different teas that we use. Um, Mm -hmm. So it enhances the flavor naturally in a way. If we look a little bit closer at the uh, bacteria, you know, the probiotics that you use, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it's like, you know, when you look a little bit closer at that, could you tell me a little bit more about the selection of this bacteria and sort of like the benefits that, you know, this sort of confers to the probiotic teas? The strain that we use is uh, Lactobacillus acidophilus NCFM. Mm -hmm. Why we chose that strain to launch with is um, because it's very well researched. Mm -hmm. So there are over 300 studies and over 60 human clinical trials done on the health benefits that this probiotic strain confers to humans when they consume it. We don't create the strains. We source 
the probiotic strains from pharmaceutical grade suppliers. So there's years and decades of data. Our technology is the process to introduce that strain into mm -hmm. the beverage. And then again, as I mentioned, with the benefits of being sugar-free, dairy-free, and retaining the flavor of the base, which in this case is tea. So some of the health benefits that we see with this probiotic strain are, you know, overall um, gut health and digestion, strengthening of immunity in sports recovery, where we see suppression of the immune system. And this is where probiotics after exercise can help reduce that time and mm -hmm. increase the the recovery rate. Talking about things that, you know, creating, you know, meeting consumer wants, consumer needs. I am wondering, you know, what sorts of room for innovation, you know, are you looking at when it comes to products such as what you are creating with probiotic teas? You know, are you looking at things like areas like tweaking the types of beneficial bacteria that you look that you are that you've selected like the acidophilus or are you tweaking the types of teas that you use to make the various products are you tweaking flavors are you tweaking product formats uh, all these sorts of things what, what what are the main areas that you guys look at yeah there are you listed them there are a ton of variables as to how the product roadmap goes forward. We will be doing a few things. Um, one is expanding the flavor range. So we have uh, naturally caffeinated and naturally caffeine-free options, and um, we'll be expanding the flavors this year. But what we also look at is the application. When consumers consume the drink, for what purpose? We might have people who are We'll say living an active lifestyle and very focused on their health and performance in sports, for example. I'll tell you what you described. We we laid out our roadmap like that, I think, about a year ago. Okay, we can go two directions. One is we, we vary the flavors, and then the other one is we vary the probiotic strains. But you end up with a huge matrix, and it's not very clear. <laughs> uh, for us as a startup, we have to be very smart, mm -hmm. and we have to be very specific. Perhaps to make it simpler, you could let us in on some of your plans for curated culture, you know, moving forward, where you're looking to go from here in the next, perhaps, uh, three years, five years? So we are focusing on a space that we call sports and wellness which is uh, a balance between you know the wellness taking care of yourself being mindful um, mm -hmm. also the sports which is more active more energy intense but it's the same person that is at different parts of their day um, taking care of themselves what we have right now our product is covering the wellness side this is mm -hmm. our probiotic tea that you drink when you're relaxing to take care of yourself. And now we're also going to cover the other side, which is the sports, the active lifestyle. We'll say what most likely is going to come soon is something for after your workout. I think I'd like to also ask, you know, looking from a sort of wider perspective and given, you know, where you are based, I am wondering, you know, uh, why... Do you feel that, you know, Singapore is actually the right market for you in which to have started this whole venture with curated culture? And of course, you know, there's, a, you know, there's been this whole thing about the government rating system of Nutri-Grade coming into play recently, and that's to control sugar content in beverages. So do you sort of feel this is playing somewhat to your advantage? As you know, you mentioned, this is a sugar-free beverage as well. We were fortunate to have started our business in Singapore. Uh, mm -hmm. The three co-founders were all graduates from NUS, and mm. that's where we met. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And that's where the research came from. And we were able to go through incubation programs at the university that kind of helped us sharpen our business plan or business model. Since then, we've had continuous support, be it through the university or from the government. And Mm -hmm. there is an ecosystem here for startups. So that's why we were quite lucky to be here to start this business. The NutriGrade system. I would say it's increasing awareness in general population. Um, With the color coding, it's easy to pick out who's healthier and who's not. It might create more awareness for consumers that were not looking at sugar as closely at the Mm -hmm. back of the label. I think for our customers at the moment, based on their, their lifestyle and their values, they were already looking at the nutritional information on products and mm. conscious of what they were consuming. I think the NutriGrade will help us as we broaden out uh, in the market, mm-hmm. increasing our reach um, for customers to, to pick up faster on, on what the benefits are. I'd like to change focus a little bit now to your own entrepreneurial journey. So because I understand your background was very much in the beginning, you know, in the areas of engineering, of 3D printing, and then you did your MBA here in in the US, as you mentioned previously. So I do need to ask, how did all of this come together, culminate, you know, and bring you into the beverages sector here as an entrepreneur? It seems very different. Yeah, I did uh, mechanical engineering in my undergrad. And then um, I went into 3D printing, um, uh, industrial 3D printing, which is also called additive manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And it was and still is a cutting edge technology or several technologies. And um, I was always in a place um, between R&D and marketing sales Mm -hmm. where the skill was to be able to communicate between technical side and the business side and also to appreciate innovative technologies and how to bring them to market so what i realized actually is even though it's a completely different field 3d printing i was essentially doing the same because what we have right now cutting edge there's if Mm -hmm. you google probiotic teas there isn't this kind of a product that is what we are introducing Uh, it's brand new and it's how do you communicate the values of something people don't know Uh, Mm. for them to appreciate and learn about it. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I was able to, or am able to, apply those skills that I've built up over the years uh, and Mm -hmm. translate them to this. The reason why health and nutrition was important to me was, first of all, my understanding and appreciation of food and how important it is for being able to live a healthy life. But I also had my personal health experiences where I had to take antibiotics for an extensive period. That really showed me then as well how important gut health is mm-hmm. and how important other vitamins, minerals, nutrients, supplements can be in restoring the body and becoming strong and healthy. When you made this move from 3D printing over into this area of food, of beverages, what was the thing that sort of shocked you the most, especially when you stepped into the food industry or the beverage industry, to be more precise? What was the most, you know, what, what took you by, by the most surprise? Well, I think for us, for us as a team, it was, you know, we were always in the beginning, we were creating a healthy product. Mm-hmm. And we really just expected if we can provide a healthy product, people will understand mm. it's healthy and take it. 
actually i think yeah what surprised me the most was basically our human nature when we like something we will mm -hmm. do it a lot when we mm. don't like something it takes a lot of effort to do it or we just don't even think about it and that's what we saw when we started developing our product is how it was a healthy product people wouldn't in the samplings we did it was okay then when we improved the flavor we gave it a bit of sweetness with a natural sweetener then it changed people were asking for more and then I we see. knew we mm. had something you know mm. and that was that was a huge moment for us in product development mm -hmm. uh, and interaction with the consumer. Mm. The Eureka moment. Exactly. What do you feel has been the biggest difference between what you were doing in your previous career, you know, in engineering and 3D printing, you know, and what you're doing now with this uh, beverage entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's the purpose behind it. In in 3D printing, um, I was doing something which was also a novelty and we were mm. setting setting new records with things that were possible. But I think the direct uh, connection to impact on human lives wasn't mm. there or direct impact to consumer, let's put it that way. We are conscious of our impact on the environment. I don't think we, we don't advertise it as much as we actually stand behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. But for us, um, sustainability is um, very important and is a, a, a driving factor in our decisions as to how we operate, the, the type of packaging we use. Um, we chose glass bottles over plastic mm -hmm. and we went another step further where we go, we have a subscription model and we actually collect back the glass bottles. They go through a deep clean and then they go back into production again. Uh, yes. The same thing with our, our tea leaves, which is a byproduct, it's a waste product. We have a production partner here who upcycles food waste and makes it into a food ingredient. So uh, I also was wondering, you know, is there anything that you wish you had known when you were starting out on this, you know, whole journey with curated culture? You know, anything that you might have changed if you had known this in the beginning? Uh, I, I think about it now and then, what would we have changed or what would we have done differently? Because often not being from the industry allows you to mm -hmm. think out of the box or just be ignorant of what is normally done. The way we did things, you know, we, we developed our products extremely fast, um, mm. with le less than a year. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's because we were unaware of what industry practices would have been as to how <laughs> long it takes. Mm -hmm. I'm becoming more familiar with it now. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but we were just very fast, iterative, and doing as many samplings and customer interactions as possible. I think that naivete is what drove us forward so much because we didn't mm. give in or, or, or didn't consider because we didn't know what how beverages are normally developed. For me, I come, I have a tech background, so that definitely comes into you know mm. iterations and versions yes. and testing incrementally and that's kind of what we did in our development cycle and that's how we were able to move so fast mm. yeah yeah so i guess in, in this case it served you very well <laughs> yes thing. one thing one thing i would say though is what would have been great is if we actually had a mentor or advisor uh. from the beverage area you know, mm -hmm. someone who spent 20, 30 years in beverages to share some, you know, 
advice is given. It doesn't always have to be followed, but um, really just to have that perspective of where we are compared to what is normally done might help us to grow faster. We're starting to learn and understand more yep, yep. larger scale how beverages work. Well, it's not too late. <laughs> exactly. So if anyone's listening, we need mentors <laughs> and advisors. <laughs> So, you know, you're talking about advice, you know, and all of that. And I am wondering, you know, from the flip side, do you have any advice for, you know, others out there who are looking to make a switch in industry and you know, go into food or, you know, rather beverage entrepreneurship that like you have done? The thing is often, when do you make the switch and when do you get the right idea? There's this, I, this concept mm -hmm. of the right idea. I don't think there is a right idea. Mm -hmm. I think you take an idea and you start with it. So my advice would be is, to start, if you know and you're certain that you want to start a business, become an entrepreneur, then you take an idea and start doing it rather than overthinking it and overthinking it um, mm -hmm. and not taking any action. How do you know you want to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> Simple question is if you don't want to work for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a nice one. That's a very nice answer. Because in the past, I've had ideas and I think about them, but I always don't always take action. And then I see other startups appear with that idea. Mm. They run with it. So there's always the saying, ideas are cheap. Um, mm. It's really the execution. Mm -hmm. And the other advice is, don't start a business alone. Um, I did that a long time ago in 3D printing. It's very tough, very lonely. Mm. Mm. When I went to do my MBA and I was looking to start a business, I knew I mm -hmm. didn't want to do it alone. I needed a person or people to start it with. That's all great advice. And yeah, I think like you made some really good points today. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Pearly. It was a great discussion. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much. And thank you also, everyone, for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing off.